Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 80, the Big 8-0, Ochenta. My name is Brandon Olinger and join with me as always back from his ski vacation from Big Sky, Montana. Thankfully, no Sonny Bono incidents. <laughs> None other than Ben the Law Watson. Because it's Big Sky Weekend. Stop. Just stop. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's getting close to Big Ten Weekend. Episode number 80, my friend. 80. You know what that means. That was my weight class in junior high. Really? Yeah, and I weighed 73 pounds my seventh grade year. My eighth grade year, I had to cut from 82. It was rough. I made it. You know, finished second at the Beaver Creek Wrestling Classic. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, You know what else that means? What does that mean? You know, my boy's been losing a little weight. You're down to about 180 now, right? That's right. That's right. I've only put on 100 pounds since junior high. (laughs) (laughs) I was tiny then. I was tiny then, man. But yeah, I'm back, and I'm excited to get back on the mic. How was your vacation? It was amazing, dude. Best skiing of my life. It it didn't hurt that they got like 12 inches of snow within like 72 hours before we got there. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you ski or snowboard, go to Big Sky, Montana. It's the best. I've never been anywhere better. And I don't want to ski anywhere else. Any so. bad accidents? Uh, Any wipeouts? I did. I, dude, I wiped pretty hard. I was uh, riding this groomer, and I decided I would get off trail a little bit, hit some real thick powder, wasn't ready for it, and my skis stopped, but I oh. didn't. I went forward, popped out of my skis, and just freaking face-planted. I thought I, for the next five minutes, I was sitting there asking myself questions to make sure I didn't give myself a concussion like who the president was and shit. <laughs> I swear to God I was doing that. You answered Donald Trump and you're like, fuck, I wish I had a concussion. Hey, I fell so hard. I lost my skis, my poles, and um, the the chewing stuff fell out of my mouth. (laughs) Seriously. I knocked the the dip out of my mouth. That's how hard I fell, bro. Oh, It was righteous. uh, Explain to me this. So when you're skiing and something like that happens – is there is there some sort of mechanism or mechanical thing in the boots that makes you release from your boots? So how do you, how do you yeah, not the just bindings. break your legs and your knees when you no. that happens? <laughs> no, the bindings are set to a um, they're set to your weight, and you know they they'll release if you have a, like a hard crash. They're basically what you want out of your skis is you don't want them to fall off when you're riding, but you don't you don't want them to stay on when you fall hard. And so that's what happened. And you know what? The bindings are apparently set appropriately because I popped right out of those fuckers and face-planted. Luckily, I was wearing a helmet, dude. Because <laughs> if I wasn't wearing a helmet, I would have knocked myself unconscious. I mean, I hit hard. It was that bad. Yeah. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. And uh, other than just a little bit of soreness, you know, I'm better than ever, baby. All right, man. Well, let's take care of the rest of this podcast sure. business. Then we'll get into a little uh, a little wrestling talk, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess we got to do that, huh? 
All right, so real quick, as I said, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, this is episode number 80. We're getting closer and closer to that big century mark. And I know some of them other podcasts out there are like, too cool to have a big celebration. Oh, it's going to be a pate. Oh, I'm be doing it naked. Oh, in the bar? We're gonna do it. You gonna do one naked in a bar? Oh, we're doing a podcast in the bar. We could naked. We, no, I'm on not top of the bar. Naked. No way. <laughs> Hell yes, I'm in. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Uh, we we got an Instagram out there. As I said, I've been trying to figure that stuff out. It's growing. It's the Inside Trip. It's growing. We we need to figure out how to do it. There's all kinds of neat tricks I I, I found out about this weekend. Oh really? Yeah. Um, we got a Facebook page. It. For the lack of better terms, it sucks because Ben runs it. It's the inside yeah. trip. Um, have you posted the last couple episodes? I posted the episode before the last one. Oh, okay, fantastic. I wasn't um, even on the last episode. Am I supposed to post it? I will. Post you it. run the Facebook page, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, we got an email. Send us an email if you'd like to. It's the inside trip one at gmail.com. As we always tell you, we like getting the me- emails, feedback, positive or negative. Death threats, life threats, anything that you want to give us, just go ahead and send us our way, um, or send it our way. As for the podcast itself, oh, you can find that at all your typical podcast stations, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, one of our favorites, the Podbean. So just go out there, break out your mobile phones, find the podcast, download, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. And if you want to, we'd like you to, give us a little rate and review. Yes, rates and reviews are big, guys. Rates and reviews uh, make us feel really good, especially if they're good ones. Oh, especially them two-star reviews. Oh, God. I would never, I won't ever understand the two-star review. I hope it's not somebody that still listens to the podcast. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I gave these guys two stars, but I've been listening for three years. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the in, but I just decided that, that these guys <laughs> deserve two stars, which maybe we do. Which maybe we do. But, I mean, Jesus. If, if, you're, if, if we're that two-star... Don't listen to it, please. <laughs> Three, okay, because then you're just average. You got nothing better to do. So. All right. So uh, one last item before we uh, start getting into the, some of this episode. Um, as I told you on the last episode, the 2019 NCAA Division One National Championships are just around the corner. Oh, I can't. Everyone's wait. favorite weekend of the year for all you wrestling fans, which means it's time. For all y'all diehard wrestling stat nerds like us to go out there and order that number one fan guide in the business put out by none other than Jason Bryant. Do you think the number one fan man should have the number one fan guide? If you are the number one fan man, you should have the number one fan guide. Yeah, and I'm the number one fan man. I'm getting that damn guide. I'm getting it too. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to type in the promo code inside trip all one word, and I'm going to get five bucks off. That's correct. So... It's normally nineteen ninety nine. However, as Ben said, use that promo code inside trip all one word, get a five dollar discount. Or you can actually just go directly to wrestlingpreviewguide.com forward slash inside trip and the discount will already be applied. Oh yeah. For you lazy mofos out there. I, I think it's easier to just Google it and go to it and type in inside trip. So head on over to the website and pre order your two thousand and nineteen <laughs> edition today. And wait, there's more. Oh shit. No, no, that's really all I got. Oh. No, if if you use it. We get a kickback, and we're going to spend that on booze. Well, I mean, supposedly we get a little bit of money thrown our way, which, I mean, as Ben says, he does have a drinking problem, so he's going to spend it on booze. It's not a problem. It's a habit. And habits are good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, what do we call them? Oh, God, hold on. It's a, uh, what, are, what, are your, what, what are the things that you like to do? What are the things you like to do? Hobby? Hobby. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. Yeah, drinking is just a hobby of mine. There you go. And it's good to have hobbies. Look. Keeps me out of the house. 
<laughs> We're secluded in the house by myself. God, we talk about way too much about drinking by ourselves. Oh, all right. So, um, so Ben, I think this uh, doing this podcast that we're going to do tonight. Um, it, let's just say my day couldn't have started out any better for this podcast. Okay, tell Would me. Would you like to that. hear about how my day started? I'd out? love to hear it. Okay. So, for those of the people that listen to the show that don't know, Ben, you already know this. I got a dog. Oh yeah, I got about a sixty-five pound, fat, wrinkly. <laughs> Uh, mildly not intelligent English bulldog, and um, apparently my dog had an upset stomach last night. Is that what it was? <laughs> so I woke up, I wake up this morning, and I walk out to the kitchen like I normally do, half asleep. Walk yeah. into my Keurig, love my Keurig. Oh yeah, got to start my day off with that coffee. Got to right? get some coffee, so, get you, some coffee so you can have a dump. Exactly. <laughs> well, so I can function. Um, and as I'm approaching that into the house i get smacked in the face with what felt like a baseball bat but was really the stench of oh, no. about six pounds of my my dog's innards no in his crate oh so you know biggie. crates are supposed to be only big enough to allow dogs to stand up and make a full circle so oh, i'll put it to you this way my man my dog stood up took a dump and did all kinds of circles because there was there was shit on the wall, no there was shit on the floor, there was shit on him. Oh, that that would be the first place I'd look. Eventually, there ended up being shit on me. Yeah, well, naturally, as a good dog dad would. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's geez. been that was the start of my day. A shitty start, no pun intended. So how about them Buckeyes? How about them Buckeyes, man? Um, they wrestled. They wrestled. Um, yeah, you want to get into it? You know what? Can, we, can I delay the inevitable for a second? You could do whatever you want to. All right, man. Let's talk about something a little bit more exciting than the Buckeyes getting their ass kicked by Penn State. You were just at the uh, WCWAs. I was. Yeah, I was. Okay. Put out a pod uh, a couple nights you put ago. Out, with you, with and, Earl. you and our boy Earl. Yeah. You know, friend of the pod, stand in, podcast partner. Pinch hitter. Pinch. He's he definitely is doing a, pin, he ain't pinch, a pinch runner. You know? If you know Earl, he ain't a pinch runner. Oh, no offense, Earl. I love Earl, man. And I thought you guys did an amazing podcast. But tell me a little bit about the WCWAs because from what I got to catch and then from the podcast afterwards, man, it looked competitive and it looked fun. It was good. I mean, honestly, you know, and obviously me and Earl went we went really in depth with it the other night. Uh it's funny I told Earl when he asked it. If we we should do a podcast about, it. I said, of course we should do one. In fact, we're going to do one. Duh. I was like, let's. It should only be about forty five minutes, but we got so into talking about it, it ended up being an hour and a half. Um, for those that listen, when's to every our, one of our when's ever one of our podcasts been forty five minutes? Uh, never really. Um, but for those of the people that have listened to it, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you found something uh, uh, educational or beneficial out of it. Um, and if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it's awesome. And you get to actually know the players for um, not only the WCWA, but for the players for the upcoming um, women's national team. Absolutely. You know, I mean, these girls are also girls that are going to be competing for spots on the national team. Um, and whether it be junior uh, U23s or the uh, senior level team. Of course, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, but to answer your question, man, it was a it was a phenomenal weekend. Ben, you got to get down there to this tournament with me. You, you just have to, because I know here's my fear, and we didn't really talk about this on the podcast between Earl and I. But my fear is this: is that women's college wrestling is growing at such a rapid rate right now that 
the WCWA is eventually, I would assume, going to either dissolve or it's going to become, there's going to be less teams competing in the WCWA national championships as these other divisions start to sanction their own national championships like the NAIA is doing this year. Wait, the the NAIA is going to now be its own division for women? Well, so every school is affiliated with a particular right, division. I get that. All right, yeah. so the WCWA is just kind of like this conglomerate of NAIA. Like the University of the Cumberland two, is NAIA. Division three, correct. So this year, in fact, I believe it's the first or second weekend in um, in March. Um, the NAIA is hosting their first ever NAIA Women's Wrestling National cha- Women's Championships. It's going to be at the University of Jamestown, I believe, in, in, in North Dakota. Because my guess is NAIA probably has the most teams. That it are does. Winning. I think the NAIA right now accounts for probably over half. Is there any Division the I teams that have it? No, but Presbyterian, yeah, Presbyterian. Um, started, is starting a program, so eventually they'll roll into that. Yeah, they're starting D1 men's and women's. Right. I, that's a problem. Okay, I'll stop you right there. The problem needs to be – it needs to be – NCAA needs to sanction it. It needs to be all one division. But I don't know how that works with NAIA schools because there's probably different rules, different costs to be affiliated with it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, look, I think from the people I've spoken with, the WCWA wasn't meant to be like the long-term end-all, be-all solution. It was a, a solution to a problem to allow a platform for women's college wrestling to kind of kick off and grow. And but it's, no longer, it's done that. Right, there's no longer a problem. There's 50 women's programs thereabouts, right? Correct. I mean, there's 77 Division One men's programs for 78. You know, I forget, you count Presbyterian and stuff like that. I mean, women are rapidly catching the men's, and they're growing at a more alarming rate. I saw that they just added another women's program. Indiana Tech, baby. That's right. So... What do you do? I mean, it, but it's not big enough because when I say 77 men's programs, I'm talking about 77 men's Division One. Right. So do they all need to go D1? I mean, or, or, or you can't. I'd rather can't just have it be WCWA. Well, of course, I think we would all like to have that. But the fact of the matter is it's just not going to happen. It, it, it's not good for the, it's it, not good for women's wrestling to split them into to try part them. Well, I think they would still, at this point, I think they would still compete against each other throughout the season, but I think it could come to a point to where they start going to their own separate separate championships. Yeah, I don't you like know. it. I, I don't like it either, but it, that's part of growth. That's part of growth. Right, I guess, if, I guess if the end goal gets them bigger, the problem is, you know, Division One schools are still ignoring the fact that oh, women's yeah. wrestling exists. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. 100%. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but did you have a good time? I had a ph- phenomenal time. It was a great time, an amazing weekend. You had some. You posted some awesome videos. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with a cell phone, with an iPhone on the edge of a mat. I can't believe it. I mean, some of those videos were just absolutely perfect. It looked like it was very. It was, I thought it was like a steady cam. Well, it was my uh, shaky hands. Well, you did. You did a hell of a job. I appreciate it. And uh, I thought the coverage was awesome. It allowed me, while I was on vacation, to follow it as much as I could. And um, you know, look. You know, we we get into these interesting debates of, you know, we want women's wrestling to be on equal footing as men's wrestling, but progress is still important, right? And just because right now it's not on equal footing, okay, um, doesn't mean that progress should be ignored. And what women's wrestling has done and how they've progressed, I mean, they've progressed over the past ten years more than men's wrestling, at least on the uh, Division One yeah, level. No doubt, on the Division One level. No doubt. You know, I mean, when you look where programs are being added, they're not being added at the Division One level, ladies and gentlemen. Very rarely. So, you know, 
and and I, I think we got a um, I think we got a uh, DM, and I forget exactly who it was from, but it basically they asked the question of, hey, you know, with Title IX and all of these issues, why aren't more programs adding women's wrestling? Because it'll cut down on, you know, it'll it'll add parity, you know, which is a requirement, and without adding all of the costs. And I said I agree wholeheartedly. I think that women's wrestling is the key to sustainable men's wrestling in college. Well. While I agree with a lot of that in theory, the one thing I'm going to disagree with is not adding cost because it will add cost. It sure, adds but, scholarship costs. Okay. Yes, so but if you, no, I'm saying if you have to add a woman's program to keep up with it, why not add women's wrestling instead of adding a completely different program that's going to require their own different facilities? Uh, no, and that makes sense. Yeah, it it, it does make sense. But I, I I think obviously there's a lot of red tape that's going to have to they're going to have to fight sure. through. Um, there's people much smarter than we are exactly. in those positions. They, yeah, they, they're going to have to deal with it. But you know what? It doesn't mean we all can't I think. know. I can't t- I can't talk about those decisions and those rules. I just know I like to follow it. I have a good time following it. It's fun to cover. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But it was a great time. Um, uh, my, the last word I said was bang, so I want to finish that real quick. Cause what we're talking about, I, I meant to say bang the drum. So, Bang your drum all you want, man. Yeah. Just not here while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, no, but it was a great weekend. Um, hats off to Taylor Miller from USA Wrestling. She is a phenomenal So she's not just doing an amazing job. Covering wrestling she does she puts out great press recaps and all that great stuff she's and, and the great thing about taylor is that she has see she has so many you know she's built so many good relationships with all of these athletes that she walks in and she's like oh, everybody's like oh taylor taylor right. taylor you know and uh you know hats off to earl man he hustled his butt off as well covering it for the open mat um i was just kind of there acting like a kid in the candy store just having a good time no, so it was a good time you, yeah the inside trip did some really nice coverage you know, i wish i could take some credit for it i can't and I'm not even going to try, but the only credit I'll take is the fact that uh, my podcast partner's the bomb. Baby. Yeah, whatever. Podcast um, partner's the bomb. But, you know, unfortunately. Speaking of shout-outs, though. Okay, let's do some of those. We don't need to give a shout-out. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm all down about those shout-outs, baby. You know, this guy said he did not want a shout-out on the podcast, so we're going to keep this anonymous, keep the name anonymous. Oh, um, oh I, yeah. Uh, we, in the past couple of weeks, we received a very, very special and generous gift from one of our longtime listeners based out of Illinois. Um, I know you're listening to this podcast, my man. Just want to tell you again how much we appreciate it and how much it's going to be put to good use. So um, it's great to know that there's people like you out there that uh, we've been able to connect with and talk wrestling with, and you find some sort of joy out of the bullshit banter that me and Ben like to do on this microphone every week. It's the most humbling experience to realize that people actually enjoy listening to this podcast because when we did it when we started it it was literally hey we're going to sit around we're going to drink and we're going to talk wrestling well we already do that why not why not try to do it on a microphone and see if you know see if other people enjoy it and our whole goal is for other people to act like feel like they're sitting in here with us drinking and listening and talking wrestling with us and yelling unfortunately we can't hear them <laughs> but um you know that donation that, that that person gave to the or that gift, excuse me, that that person gave to the podcast, um, will be put to great use and it is uh, thoroughly, thoroughly um, appreciated. Absolutely. So thank so, you very much. Just wanted to say that. All right. So you talk about people enjoying listening to us. Um, well, this is the normally the annual episode where all of our um, friends. From Pennsylvania, like to listen to us. Why? Why? Why does this happen every year? So it, it is what we like to call um, cyber bully season. Cyber so, bully season. Um, 
And also, I guess it's time for me and Ben to do a little self-deprecation, or as I like to call self-defecation. Self-defecation. Because we're about baby. to basically just shit on ourselves because um, our fellow in-state wrestling team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, a team that we like to root for. Yeah, we right? follow. We follow a Yeah, little bit. I mean, look, look. If we, you know, people call us homers, but I don't think we're homers. I think we, we stay pretty balanced. Um, but you know, there's oh, no, you're backpedaling now. No, listen, listen. I was We're backpedaling. Say, there's no doubt that you know I root for Ohio State um, for the most part. Now, but I tell you what, though, there's 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 wrestlers out there that have uh, tickled my fancy, if you will, captivated. Yeah, that that I will root for, maybe against even a Buckeye, Ooh. maybe against even a Buckeye, and that's the difference between us and I think that um and and, and some diehard fans, which. I, I love the diehard fans. The diehard fans. We are need the, the diehard fans. Yeah, the diehard fans are awesome. I'm a diehard fan of the sport, and and I love the Penn State diehard fans, except for when they say stupid shit. And then I'm like, guys, you 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 dumb, you dumb. But you know what? There's also in that mound of shit. There's a few uh, in that mound of your dog shit. There's a few good ones too. Oh man, I knew when I woke up this morning and walked out to the kitchen. I was like. Damn it, I smell that. This is Penn State pod day. Penn State just shit all over <laughs> Oh, they're just shitting all over us. And speaking of them shitting all over us, man, what a freaking beatdown. Dude, so I haven't got to listen to the uh, Tuesday's edition of FRL yet because I've been just swamped since I got back from the, 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 the trip this weekend. Yeah. But I love how they titled it, Penn State Hates Ohio State and It Shows. Yeah, they hate Ohio State. Yeah. It's it showed before this year. They literally beat the piss out of us right. every year. They hate them. They don't like Ohio State because look, they don't. Not only do they not like Ohio State, they don't like Tom Ryan. They we don't. know that. If you looked at if you looked at the um, you know who KB No Swag is on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. KB No Swag. He does that. Um, uh, what is it called? Like the twenty questions or he did he did, the twenty questions with, with Vincenzo. Vincenzo and Mark Hall. And I mean, there were some pot shots at Ohio State for sure. These boys. And I know it was set on flow. And I know you didn't listen to it, but it was set on flow. Like, hey. These dudes don't like Ohio State. They don't. They didn't like when they showed up in those robes. They didn't like when you know when um, Tom Ryan said, "Hey, you know that's not how we would do it." When they only gave him fifty tickets last year, Penn State fans and Penn State hate Ohio State. I mean, they hate him much more than we hate Penn State. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, God, it, even as even as a fan of Ohio State living in Ohio, Vincenzo Joseph. God, my that man. dude, you, ruthless, bro. You are ruthless. Nomad nicknamed him Meatball. He called him Meatball all weekend. Oh, my goodness. But, um, well, he meatballed up Tayshan Campbell. He uh, he put out this Instagram post. And he deleted it. I think Kel saw it. was like, you got to take that down. Kel's but it was basically look. like, hey, Tom, thanks for letting us come get a workout. Ruthless, dude. Like, th- thanks for letting us come get a drill in. Well, and then I, and I think, who was it? It was uh, Mark Hall and maybe Nick Lee or somebody. I forget that they did the... Um, they did the the mirror image of what Brady and Gronk did at, on the Instagram after uh, mm. day one, where they just kind of walked and smiled. Bo Nickel, they and get, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this. I, I, God, ooh. they're like like Penn State wrestlers. Like, I hate you so much, but I love watching you did wrestle you, did so you much. See, I, I tweeted something like that two weeks ago, and Bo Nickel was like dominating somebody. I was like, I hate and love this man. I, I do like like I hate him because he's so freaking good. And, he, and look, I love my Mar. You know, oh, and yeah. he's beating our boy Mymar a bunch. Hey, Mymar's got him twice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big Ten title, baby. National title, baby. Nas- oh, keeping both from that four. But how could you not love watching that dude wrestle? Man, he went out and just he. Hold on, give me a second. Just give me a second to compose my thoughts here on how I would describe what he did to Colin Moore. And Colin, man, you're my boy. 
You've been a guest on this podcast. We root so hard for you. Another Conmore, another dude we really love from Ohio State. But I don't even. He just wrecked him. I mean, what do you expect? He I, wrecked him. Look, Colin Moore, Bo Nickel, terrible matchup. Colin Moore. It's funny you say that Unic- because this weekend we we were we had this conversation. You know, it was a Friday. We were talking about the match before we all went out and watched it um, at a local BW three establishment in Atlanta. And they were like, what Glad you, you found a local establishment. <laughs> well, get into that later. Um, but they were like, you know, do you think it's going to be a close match? And I was like, I don't. And here's why. Colin Moore has a tendency to put himself into bad situations. And Real when bad you do situations. that against Bo, you're going to get put on your back. Now, all props to Colin Moore. You didn't put yourself in a bad situation in this match. Ooh, I disagree. In the oh, minute. I disagree. What? He looked, look, he put his knee to his head. Oh, <laughs> Put your knee to your head, you're done, dude, against Bo Nickel. <laughs> Bo Nickel's got like, I think he's got like 13 pins out of 19 matches. I'm sorry, when it's Bo Nickel, you put your knee three feet from your head and it's done. That's true. Okay. And it, you're right. It really wasn't like, Colin Moore literally just stepped up and against anybody else, it would have been, been fine. He's just circling out. Bo Nickel goes, whoop, and just freaking cradles him up. And hey, when Bo Nickel get a cradle on you with those long ass arms, with those gangly ass motherfucking arms. He's he gets, got great hair. What are, why are we going to hair now? Because he's got great hair. Because we're <laughs> Yeah. Mo Nickel just, oh, man. But you know what, Ben? Look. The real story of the night. He does got The real hair. story of the night right here. Oh, I mean, we gotta, we just got to give props to this guy. Winning the biggest match of the duel. Listen. Oh, yeah. I cannot. I, look. I, I, I'm, I'm getting shaky just Penn, thinking Penn about. Penn fans, talk all you want. Talk all you want. You no, know, you, you should. And we're going to give props to this guy winning the biggest match of the duel. Biggest match. Our boy Malik Heinzelman. Malik Heinzelman. Going out there beating the grizzled veteran, Devin Schnupp. That's right. I mean, Devin Schnupp. Do you realize? I'm done talking about the Do you realize last now. year Devin Schnupp beat Elijah Oliver 7-2 to in a duel? No. Oh, he crushed him. And our boy Malik just went out there and laid it on him. Did Devin Schnupp really beat Elijah Oliver 7-2 in a duel? Oh, he did. I don't even believe that that's real. I mean, he went 0-2 at the scuffle last year, but he almost had a win. And Heinzelman did it to him. Heinzelman, dude, 7-4, dominant win, baby. So, Malik, way to put your big boy panties on and go out there and get the win against the grizzled veteran starter for Penn State. Because you were like one of only uh, three people on the team to do so. I know. But honestly, you know, we're not really trying to beat up on Malik. I mean, you know, Malik wrestled. I'm not beating up on Malik. He got the win. Yeah, he, he got the dub. He got the dub, and and that's all I've got to say about this duel. Malik Hanselman got the dub. Miles Martin dominated. That was a great duel. That's, and, the, that's, all, that's Jordan, all we can Michael talk about. Jordan grinded out a win. That's all we can talk about, right? What else can we talk about? There was no other matches we're talking about. There's no other matches that existed. They didn't happen. No other matches that happened. All right, so hey, hope you guys enjoyed episode number 80. Yeah, that was a great episode. Okay, no, okay we, we RVY Pleasure. You we going to start talking about this shit? God. Okay, okay. L- let me be serious for just a second. RBY Pletcher. Okay? Only one second. For one, I did think this was a trap match. I thought it was a trap match. And I will tell you this right now. I'm not sure. If I was Tom Ryan, I would have not have agreed to, to, to do the, to, the flip to, to start the match at a different way. I would have wanted to start the match at 125. Right. Yeah, both coaches, it's my understanding, both coaches have to agree yes. to be able to flip to start the match someplace else. I thought that was a mistake. I thought that you should have started at 125. Why did Tom agree to that? In theory, Heinzelman should have been, I would have expected Heinzelman to win the match against Schnupp. Right, why, why would Tom agree with, why would Tom agree to that? Because you can go 125, if you're, now let's just look at previously, 
you know, your best matchups are 25, 33, 41, and 49. Besides 84. You get that roll going. Correct. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, then you know what you need to, then you know, okay, hey, Ethan Smith, you just got to go out there and not get bonused or, you know. Or, so, and, and I say that because, look, we know, look, Penn State has dominated Ohio State the last however many years in dual meets, especially in dual meets. But, you know, Ohio State's gotten the best of them at Big Tens. Penn State's obviously got the best of everybody at Nationals. But in the dual mat format or dual meet format, Penn State has owned Ohio State. And if I'm Tom Ryan, if I'm the coach, and far be it for me to question the coach, I'm going to say, listen, let me get the get this dual ruling rolling with a with a win. And I think Heinzman was the favorite in that match. And now you don't got Pletcher going out there with the first match jitters. All right, against the, uh, pretty much a coin toss, in my opinion. Oh, it was a toss up. It was a toss up, and I thought it was a trap match. And you know me, I love Pletch Dog. I love Pletch Dog. People think he's got a boring style. Not me. I like his style. I, I think he's solid. I, I think honestly, Pletcher was. This, this is the first match ever. I think Pletcher has outshooted his opponent. That's a great point. I mean, RBY did nothing in this match, and you know, I, I'm I'm not going to dog on a lot of Penn State wrestlers. Oh, I don't think I, there's any. I think they're fun to watch, but RBY was boring as hell in this match. He it was wrestled surprising off of his for knees. him. Yeah, surprising yeah. for him because usually he's exciting. Now remember, he's coming off of a knee injury, so that does two things to you, and we'll talk about that later with Joey McKenna. One. You got an issue, you know, if you got a real knee injury, then, you know, you're not going to be able to wrestle as well. And two, if you've been off the mat for a little while, your conditioning isn't as great. So sit back, play the counter-wrestler game. That's what he did. And, you know, Pletcher was the only person that even came close to scoring. And he should have scored with that high crotch where he he didn't finish. He's got to get both of those legs wrapped around. You know, he's got to almost lock on both of those legs and take him down to the ground so you can't get elevated. Because Pletcher should have won that match with that last second takedown. Props to RBY for scrambling out of it. But RBY did not do anything. And to, to be honest with you, I was watching this match with my parents and my brothers because I had it on at the ski trip. My parents know a decent amount about wrestling, and my brothers, they know enough because, you know, just watching me wrestle. Um, you know, they, they, they all agreed. I mean, RBY was not offensive at all. He he played a little bit of counterattacks. He wrestled on his knees the entire time. I can't believe he wasn't hit for at least one stall call. Let's not even go with one and one for a point. He didn't do anything. It was, it was, ups, it was upsetting to right. me. That was the match that frustrated me the most because he didn't do anything. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I guess – from the Pletcher side of things, um, you know, in that final, ultimately in the uh, the right the tiebreaker, um, he kept trying to go for the reversal, and I thought that let's just get one man because you were in a position where you were going for the reversal, going for that switch where I think you probably could have scrambled out just to get one, but he was so committed to getting the reversal, and I think that that ultimately played into the favor of RBY, well, RBY because it just burned clock. It just yeah, RBY clock. hung on to the leg, and it was weird. I don't know exactly what happened. I was listening to the Rudis podcast, and Ben Askren brought this up as well, is that you know RBY held on to that ankle for – RBY held on to that leg for a significant period of time, and he finally got hit for stalling with it, but it should be a five-second count. I don't know exactly what happened there, but um, y- you know, obviously something happened with the ref where he made the decision. I think it might have been like, hey, he thought that – Pletcher was about to get out, so therefore he didn't call it. But, you know, you get the stall call, but all of a sudden they have to go back down. There's eight seconds left. There's not much you can do. RBY won that match. You know, I think a rematch, if RBY is— still a toss-up. But if RBY is healthy and actually can attack, I, I you know, I'm kind of concerned because he was limited there, wasn't able to do anything. You know, and Pletcher, I'm not saying that he's gotten worse this year, but, you know— his best wins this year, 3-1 three, three, OT over Bridges. Lezak 
5-4 and Chaz Tucker 4-3. And he lost to Michik 14-1. You know, it, he's it's not like he's had this huge jump this year that sometimes you see between your... Because remember, he's a, he hasn't redshirted. Between what you would, would be your redshirt sophomore and redshirt junior year, which is actually his... Or excuse me, redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore year, which is his sophomore and junior year. So um, I, I'm going to actually, if you don't mind... I'm not a huge fan of... I'm going to cut in for a second because Pletcher also yeah. has a really nice win over Ethan Lezak, two-time All-American. I said Lezak, 5-4. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear that part. I, I heard Chaz Tucker and Montori Bridges. Yeah, and Ethan Lezak. Okay. Um, but I think it just goes to the level of how tough this weight class is. And I think it also kind of is conducive to the style of wrestling that, that Pletcher wrestles. But one thing I will say is this. It seems like every year people talk about their frustrations with Luke Pletcher, but Luke Pletcher ends up becoming a gamer at Nationals. His freshman year, wrestling up at a weight class as a true freshman, he sh- could have been on the podium. He could have. Could he could have been, have been on yeah. the podium. Had Ashnall, Had on, Ashnall the on the ropes. A guy that beat him badly earlier in the season. At, and yeah, at the duel. So, um, and then last year, you know, he goes out and he finishes fourth. Just happened to run into Tariq Wilson for third and fourth, who was on f- in fuego. Who the only person that, that, that yeah, tournament? The only person that could beat Tariq was Seth Gross in overtime. Correct. So, um. No, I don't think he's gotten worse. I don't think he's regressed or anything. I think it's conducive to how tough this weight class is, and I think it's also the style of wrestling that Pletcher wrestles. But you know what? I'm not worried about him. He'll be okay. He'll be okay come come postseason. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad you talked me off the ledge. I'm, I'm very disappointed in this next result, though. Joey McKenna? Yeah. I'm not disappointed. It sucks that he lost. I hate to see Joey McKenna take a loss his senior season. And, and, and look— no excuses whatsoever. Nick Lee completely earned that win. Nick Lee, outside of Bo Nickel, Jason Nolf, and how fun they are to watch wrestle, um, even a guy like Vincenzo Joseph, Nick Lee is probably one of my favorite Penn State guys because um, he's just kind of that silent assassin. He goes out, he grinds his ass off. Uh, he's got a great pace. He pushes guys uh, to the limits, and he, and he wins a lot of matches. He's just good, too. Yeah, well, but, he's, he's extremely good, but he pushes people to the limits, and that's the thing. His pace, his pace wins a lot of matches that his uh, technical ability lacks, but, right? Uh, no, you're right, but I'm going to disagree with a lot of the people that I've seen say or post or whatever that it was Nick Lee's pace that beat Joey McKenna. Joey McKenna, in my opinion, had no business being on the mat this match. He looked a shell of himself. He looked dead pretty much the entire second half of that third period, once Lee took him down, his head was on the mat. He, he just he, oh. he had nothing left. After and the first period and a half, McKenna. he was dead. And that's not Joey McKenna. And you can't tell me that Joey McKenna has not wrestled other guys with great pace. Right. No, you, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, look, Joey McKenna's, you know, there was some, there's an undisclosed injury that occurred that kept him out. Maybe even an illness. Or an illness, yeah. Something happened that kept him out from the duel last week against Mike Carr. And there was, and there and was in Northwestern. Yeah. And Northwestern, he didn't wrestle, and he looked like he'd been off the mat for a little bit. And the reason why is because he was up, I think, five one at one point. He was, he was, he looked great, but he got into some scrambles, and scrambles can blow your lungs to shit. He got, into, he went for a body lock, and here, you know, maybe because Pletcher lost, and he's like, shit, I need to get, you know, a major or a pen somehow. He tried to body lock Nick Lee. Nick Lee was able to scramble out of it. That is going to exhaust you. And he also got into a, a scramble situation where it was a split the middle. Took him a while to finally step the bottom leg and finish. Correct. And he did that. But then, you know, those two scrambles probably blew his lungs out. And against a guy like Nick Lee, who's got that pace, if your lungs are blown, it's going to be a long two and a half minutes of clock watching to try to hold on to that lead. Well, and on top of that, even with that lead, 
in the third period. I mean, and I get it. McKenna had been hit with a stalling call earlier in the match when he basically got when he you know ran off the mat for all intents and purposes. Right, right, um, right, right, right. As Lee was, I think it was when McKenna was dead. No, no, Lee got behind him on a standing yeah, takedown, and uh, instead of getting taken to the mat, he ran off the mat more or less. Um, so it's, I think it was like five to four, something like that, in the third period. And McKenna, rather than shut it down and back up. He's still taking shots that maybe he didn't need to take. Like you well, don't, terrible. You shot. don't have to back up, but shut it down offensively and go into defense mode. Get a two on one. Get some kind of tie up that you can control and just burn clock. You don't need to be taking those shots on a guy like Nick Lee with that pace who's ready to beat you in those positions. Well, I, I mean, I think that he was still hoping to take a shot and wrap around a leg and just burn ten, fifteen seconds at a time. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't it, doubt it didn't that. work. I it don't didn't, doubt it that. didn't work. I just don't think it was the best strategy. It, it didn't work. So, so one other thing about this is so now I went I went and looked at Flo's rankings. I don't know what the other rankings did, but they now moved Nick Lee all the way up to two and McKenna to three. And Nick Lee has a loss against Tristan Moran. He but, also um yes, he lost to Tristan Moran, you're correct. Who I think that I think that McKenna beat in a duel. So I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me why Nick Lee jumps from six to two. Um because he's beaten Joey McKenna, but he has a he has a worse loss. Well, I mean, I guess I I don't know. I guess, is it a worse loss? I mean, is a loss to Tristan Moran worse than losing to Nick Lee when Tristan Moran beat Nick Lee? I don't know. I just I think that that's a little interesting that now all of a sudden McKenna's uh, uh, ranked third. But bottom line is because McKenna didn't wrestle Mike Carr because he was sick or injured. It sounds like Mike Carr is probably going to be the well. Does Illinois wrestle? Penn State, I think they do. So the winner of that is probably going to be the one seed of Big Tens. Yeah, don't they wrestle them this weekend? Maybe. Yeah, I think, I they, think they wrestle them this them, weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to rankings, it's the rankings are all just the opinions of the people that are doing them, and they all have their rationale for them. At the end of the day, they really don't mean anything, right? Okay, they don't decide seeds or anything like that. Um, Nick Lee, I think they each have one loss. All right, uh, Nick Lee's twenty-one and one. Um, and Joey McKenna is now, you know, his one loss being Nick Lee. Um, Nick Lee lost to Tristan Moran. Joey McKenna majored Tristan Moran 14-2. Right. to two. So, where, um, so there's why always we a case this? to be made. Um, I also think McKenna with the tech fall over Kane and Store and the um, the wins over Dominic Dina, Demas, the wins over Josh Auber, the win over Jaden Ironman. Um, I think he's got better wins to stand up against Nick Lee. But at the end of the day, Nick Lee has the head-to-head. Yeah, you got okay. the head-to-head. He's so, got the head-to-head, and that's the, that's how they decided to rank it. That, yeah, and that's how they decided to rank it, and and I, I, I can't say that I completely agree with the amount of great wins that McKenna's had this year. Yeah, understood. And if you look at similar opponents, you know. But, but you know what? You know, Maybe McKenna will pitching. use that, put a little chip on his shoulder going into Big Tens, because he's going to see Nick Lee again. Dude, McKenna's going to roll him. I hope so. If he even gets to wrestle him. Well, it depends. I mean, I mean, Mikey Carr beat, beat up Nick Lee last year. And then McKenna beat the shit out of Mikey Carr in the finals. So. I know. I saw Tom Ryan post the bracket when somebody... Uh, <laughs> well, and never mind. Talking about ducking. I'm talking about I digress. Ducking. So now it's a nightmare scenario for Ohio State. Well, I think at this point in time, it's not a nightmare scenario. It's basically, hey guys, um, we're not going to win this duel, but could you please just go out there and wrestle well? And they didn't do that. Yeah, and, and and Micah Jordan decided that he was going to uh, have a ten to eight match with Jared Verclaren, who you know could potentially be the backup for Penn State right now. We don't know. We don't know between Verclaren and Berge, you know. Um, <laughs> and I think that this this could be said about every guy on the team. Jordan looked like he was just trying to do too much, 
instead of going out there and softening for clearing up by taking a, you know taking him down at his pace at his decision he put himself in some bad positions you know he did end up getting some takedowns but he got taken down off a couple of his bad shots as well and he also got taken down by a super duck i think that what michael jordan needed to do was be a little more tactical with his takedowns instead of shooting and shooting and shooting which michael jordan typically does look we all know the best you you can't go out and just search for something you can't go out and just i mean unless you're bone eagle you know, you can't just go out and say, I'm going to just search for the pin or I'm going to search for the tech or I'm going to search for the major. What you need to do is you work on softening the guy up, and all of a sudden when that guy's softened up a little bit, he's a little tired, you take him down, all of a sudden you you, you luck into something where like, you find the guy on his back. Jordan didn't do that. He didn't look great, um, and he had to really battle. And, you know, there was a stall call away from potentially putting that match into overtime. Right. And, and maybe this was a situation where, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes – Felt, hey, listen, we can win this duel, as they as they should think that. Um, and you're right, maybe maybe Michael went out there and said, oh man, we we just lost at 33, we just lost at 41, we're not expecting this. I need to get a, I need to get a tech, I need to get something big to get us back in the ball game. Right, I think that's what it did happen. But um, yeah, I mean, Verclaren just lost to Malik uh, Malik Amin, who Mike had majored. Yes, that is true. I mean, I, I got nothing. I just I just don't understand it. Do you think that Ohio State kind of to me they looked flat, okay? And Penn State they looked like they were wrestling, you know, just as good as they always do. I mean, do you think that there could be a difference in preparation, or do you think that you know do you think there was so much pressure on Ohio State to potentially um, who could they could potentially upset Penn State in one of the three times they face them head to head? That that um, it, it just caused them to crumble. I mean, what happened? I think it's probably a combination of a, a, of a few things, Ben. Um, I think at this point in time, there's probably a lot of pressure on Ohio State to basically not lose to Penn State anymore to 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 get over the hump and beat them in a duel. Um, I also think that there probably is some difference in preparation. I will give Tom Ryan credit for this. Ohio State looks flat. In duels this time of the year, it, it seems almost every year, but he always has them peaking right for Big Tens in the NCAA's. Right. Okay. Good point. I get it, guys. I get it. Maybe they haven't won the NCAA's every year like Penn State, but he's always got them peaking and performing well. Okay. Um, so that that's that's a sign of a good process. Tom Ryan knows his process. He trusts his process. He's got it figured out. Um, but I also think it is there is some pressure on these on these Buckeyes here, especially some of these 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 veterans that have been a part of this team and a part of these matches going against Penn State for the last three four years to say Look, we want to win. What's it going to take for us to finally you know to, to beat these guys? How can we do this? But I will say this about Penn State, and this is where you really got to step stop and step aside from any bias that you have for any particular team you root for. These guys compete at such a high level from November all the way through March. It's not this thing where they're going through peaks and valleys with their peaking process, you know. They just seem to to, to perform and function so well all year long. And I don't know if it's the level of talent, the coaching, the process, a combination of all, but it's amazing if if you really stop and think about it. I mean, it really is. Now... You know, we've seen them falter. Even They still win. But last year against Michigan, they had a close one. This year, 
they may not have wrestled their best against Wisconsin. Wisconsin. But they're still winning. But they're still winning. And I think that that is a testament to just how good the wrestlers on their team are. Correct. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, look, I don't even know what there is to say about Jason Nolf. I mean, we've talked about him so much on this podcast the last four years. Um, it, it, he's the man. You know, I was watching, like I said, I was watching this duel with my family, and um, <clears throat> they saw that it was one versus eight, right? You know, so they look at the seeds. You know, that's what they do. And they're sitting around, we're sitting around drinking, we just had dinner, and I was like, hey, this is going to be a good match. I was like, Ohio State's got a chance to win. They're not favored, but here's kind of, here's the path to to victory. And and they, so they look at the seeds and they say, oh, it's the one versus the eight guy in the country. Okay, this is going to be a good match. Like, you know, the one is obviously heavily favored, and they just watched Jason Nolf tear Keyshawn Hayes apart, and they were like, this guy is doing whatever he wants to them. And they understand wrestling a little bit. And I had to explain to them who Jason Nolf was. Right. And had to explain to them that, look, this is, guy, this is a guy that's going to go down as one of the best wrestlers ever in college wrestling. Correct. Okay. And our number eight guys, you know, bumping up a couple weight classes and, you know, although formidable, um, you know, has no chance. No chance at all. But I was surprised to see Keyshawn Hayes take a couple of shots early in that match. Um, we're not used to seeing that until like the six seconds left in the period. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I guess there's always that. I'm super interested to see what happens to Keyshawn Hayes through the rest of the season. Look, man, I, I think Keyshawn's just got to keep battling and keep doing what he's been doing. Um, he He's facing a lot of adversity right now. He's got a lot of things going against him. He just needs to focus on what he does have going for him, keep getting better. And I'll tell you this, next year they need to get that man back down at the optimal weight class. I think much like we can talk about Micah Jordan earning the right to go where he wants right. to go after cutting down to 141 as a freshman, after going 157 last year, Keyshawn Hayes is a guy that next year as a senior, I don't care who you have. I don't care what guy you have, how how great of a recruit they are. Might be I think Keyshawn Hayes has earned the right to say, listen, coach, I want to go to this weight. And if it's 141, go 141. If it's 149, go 149. If you want to stay at 157, go 157. Hell, he may want to go 184. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he might bump up to 65. Him and Caleb Romero will be battling it out. <laughs> Just stay channel with gone. My money's on Keyshawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and. and that's an interesting topic about who's actually going to be wrestling that weight class, Campbell or Romero, because it appears to be Campbell um, as of now because he he, um, he went out there and wrestled with Joseph. But, you know, they keep on listing in the the rosters for the dual mates, uh, Romero or Tayshan. I mean, Tayshan's cutting a ton of weight. I don't like it. I don't, I, I don't like this 165 right here, right now. I don't like... What do you want? I don't agree with them because we saw what 165 did to Tayshan last year, and it's not that I don't like Tayshan. I do. We were pumped as hell to have him come to Ohio State. Right. Okay, and I think he's got definite talent, but we saw what happened last year cutting a lot of weight. Do we think that that's really going to change right now? I went 2-2 two and two last year at the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure I'd pet pencil Romero in to win a couple matches at the NCAA tournament at this point. That's a good point. So That, that is know. a good point. Um, and, you know, Antechian's body hasn't been beat up from going through that grind of losing like eight matches in a row to guys ranked above him. And, spe- you know, speaking of body, I, I guess a point that, to consider is the fact that his body hasn't been able to get down to 165 enough to, to adjust right. much to it. But, I mean, regardless, dual meets are not going to favor Tayshan at 165. No. You know, in the Big Ten is a, is a meat grinder at 165. I mean, he ran into the number one. He ran into a two-time NCAA champ, lost 11-2. to two. This is the one match beside, that I really have nothing to say except for the fact that 
I mean, Vincenzo Joseph, I didn't even realize how diverse he was on his feet. He t- he'll take you down with high-level shots, low-level shots. He'll ride you. I think he ended up with, like, a, a decent amount of riding time. Um, you know, we, we didn't expect Campbell to win this match, right? You know, the, the most impressive thing about Vincenzo Joseph in my mind, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is he, of all guys on this Penn State team, with the exception of maybe Mark Hall, okay? Um, because some of these other guys have just been dominant against everybody they've wrestled. But Vincenzo Joseph, he knows how to win. He just knows how to win, especially in big matches. He always finds a way to get the win. And I think that is probably one of the best traits that you can have as a college wrestler. He just knows how to win. It doesn't matter who he's wrestling. It doesn't matter the situation. He just he, he figures it out. He gets the winning takedown. He's a gamer. He he uh he he outscrambles a guy in a position, preventing them from scoring. You know, take, go back to his his match with Marstella. That was a great match. Yep. But you even said this. That was a great match. But at the end of that match, after watch, watching that, we still thought that you still thought that Vincenzo, if he wanted to get two more takedowns in the match, he probably could have right. got them. Right. He, he he's such a gamer, and that goes back to his freshman year when he was down. I think in three straight matches. And ends up in tri- inside tripping every one of them to, to, to make the finals before he inside trips Mymar to pin him, which just, I mean, completely shocked 18,000 people. So, and we do approve of the inside trip, by the no, way. We, we, we're big fans of it. Sponsored by Vincenzo Joseph. Actually. Sponsored <laughs> by a Penn, State, a, a Penn State wrestler. Sponsored by two. I mean, our, uh, our logo is Mark Hall, inside tripping somebody. Well, you know, I mean, that's debatable. That's debatable. It might look like him, but, uh, you know. It's not debatable. It I, is him. I don't know if that's his likeness or not. It's his likeness. Speaking of Mark Hall. We're not making money. We're I, losing money on it. We're losing money on Mark Hall. Come on. I lost money on Mark Hall when I bet for Ethan, bet on Ethan Smith to win. You dummy. No, I didn't do that. I love Ethan Smith, man. I think that he's such a grinder. Look, I mean, I, I think one issue he's had this year is he's been able to get in on really good guys, hasn't been able to quite finish on them. Um, you know, I think that's going to come with, just maturity, you know. He's he's only a freshman, but he battled. He lost twelve to four. I mean, there's other t- there's other guys on our team that battled way less against the returning national champ, two time finalist, than Ethan Smith. And you know, it's it's a pretty tough weight class, and it would be tough to crack the top eight. But if you told me that Ethan Smith found himself in the round of twelve or the round of sixteen in NCAA tournament, I wouldn't be surprised. I like this guy, and I think this guy can scrap and he can ride. Yeah, I mean, and we've said this a lot. He's got so much potential. Um, this is just a – it's an extremely tough weight class and extremely tough. I mean, and we'll talk about some of the other results that took place this weekend after we break, you know, finished taking our, our, our beating on this match, our self-defecation on this Being match. all over each other. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree. But uh, Mark Hall, man, I don't even want to talk about Mark Hall. I don't. Okay. Okay. We, we don't have to. I, I don't because we're going to talk about him so much the rest of this year. All the man does is win. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and he wins so much, and I, I, you got to respect his modesty too. The way he, you know, he's humble oh, and victory. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Yeah. One eighty four. My Mar baby. Miles Martin. Oh, and he could barely major Mason Manfield. He could barely major him. How's he going to beat Rashid? What the hell, My Mar freaking. Went out there, and he majored a dude who they put in front of him. I know he weighed 170 fucking pounds, guys. I know. Mason Manville bumped up, and he weighs 170 pounds. Miles Martin majored him. He did what he needed to do. And, I mean, you know, the biggest thing I have to say about this is Duck City, population Shakur Rashid. 
Then he just wrestled against Michigan after sitting out for a while. And then he decides to decides to not wrestle Miles Martin. Miles Martin wanted to rip freaking Shakur Rashid's knee off and beat him with it. I'm angry. All I'm doing is just staring at Ben with a mouth agape look. Yeah. I, Duck City, population Shakur Rashid. Duck City. <laughs> what is up with Shakur Rashid, man? What's up with him? I don't know. He was injured on 113, January 13. Didn't wrestle until Michigan on uh, February 1st. Missed three duels, and he decided to wrestle Jelani Embry. You know, well, I guess the coach didn't like what they saw when he barely beat Jelani Embry. He decided that uh, my would have been a little too tough of a test for him. So what you're telling me is Shakur Rashid's still undefeated. Shakur Rashid ain't wrestled fucking anybody this year. He's beaten Sammy Colbray. So he's going to be the two-seed at Biggs? That's what they want, right? They want him on that opposite side, right? But how can you do that when he ain't wrestled Vans, he ain't wrestled Parker, he ain't wrestled I anybody? I don't know. I don't even want to get into seeding anymore. Congrats to Mymar, man. Look, you've been one of our favorite Buckeyes the last four years. Yeah. He's the man. I'm going to miss you. You're the man. And props to Mason Manville. They made that dude wrestle all over the lineup, and he went out there and he he battled. I mean, if you. if you, I, mean, I do like Mason Manville. Yeah. I really do. I'm not, look, I'm, I'm telling you, Mason Manville went out there. He's not the most exciting wrestler, but, uh, you know, he, he didn't get tech fault. Well, he's a Greco guy. Right. He didn't get tech fault. He lost by 12 to Miles Martin, who's the best wrestler in the country at that weight class. All right. Bo Nickel, Colin Moore. Do you think we can talk about this uh, faster than it took Bo Nickel to pin him? Stuck City. Population Colin Moore. <laughs> we went from Duck City to Stuck City. Dude, Nichols just a pinner. He's dangerous, and I think he actually even baited Colin Moore. Had him in that little head trap. Waited for Colin Moore to lift the leg. He's like, I don't care which one you lift. You lift the leg, you put it within three feet of your head. Cinched it up. So let me ask Dang. you this right now. Look, Hodge is going to come down yes. to Jason yes. Nolf, Bo Nickel. What are your thoughts, dude? Well, we got Nolf here. right now, what I was told this weekend by a, a particular somebody down in Georgia, co-Hodge better be no Hodge. So you got to give it to one. No, it's going to be one. Right now we got Bo Nickel, 19-0 with 13 pins, one decision. And I'm going to say this. The fact that one of these guys is going to finish their college career without a Hodge is a travesty, in my opinion. Hey, maybe don't a get travesty. Maybe don't get beat by Miles Martin in the NCAA Finals. What was Jason Nolf's excuse if he doesn't win it? I mean, he lost to Imar. As a f- freshman? Yeah. Nolf, 20-0 with 11 pins, one decision. Nickel, 19-0 with 13 pins, one decision right now. And Nickel's pinned the number two ranked guy in the country. Oh, baby, it's, it's Bo Nickel all day. I think you got to give it to Bo Nickel. But then Jason Knopf's not getting one. You know what Bo knows how to do? Wrestle. He knows how to pin Ohio State guys. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) He loves wrestling Ohio State. You know he pinned Mymar in, I think, the Big Ten finals their freshman year. And then Mymar went and beat him at the NCAA tournament. I mean, Bo Nickel's pinned Mymar a couple times. Jason Knopf couldn't even pin Keyshawn. Yeah. You know, I'm going Bo Nickel. Yeah, good job, Keyshawn. Forget about Jason Nolf. We will give it to Bo Nickel. Yeah. Jason next Nolf, topic. Boring. Nickel, next topic. Nickel, next topic, which is Anthony Kissar. Oh, that guy. Yeah, let's 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 tread lightly here. Looks like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, let's tread lightly here. What do you mean? Um, he's good on his feet. There you go. <laughs> he takes people down. He can also ride. I, I'll tell you, you know what, though, look, all bullshitting aside... I am looking forward to an Anthony Kassar versus Gable Stevenson match. Yes. I think Gable gets him. Look, I think Gable does win the match. Yeah. But Anthony Kassar, look, he's a Jersey guy. 
I'm pretty sure he probably made the final cut for Jersey Shore. They just didn't have enough room for him. <laughs> um, you know, he's beefy. He's great on his feet. He's not going to get punked out by Gable like some of these other heavyweights are getting punked out right now. No, um, no. I'm quite sure. Uh, you know, Anthony's going to take it to him. He's probably got a switchblade and a sock. It's going to be a hell of a But he's got to get by Derek White first. Well, I guess not at the uh, not, not, a bigs. not at Biggs. Not at Biggs. Yeah, you're right. Not at Biggs. Not at Biggs, though. Although I like Hilger. I mean, he's got to get by Conan Jennings. I like Hilger. Conan Jennings has beat Mason Paris again. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with this scenario? And we laugh at this, guys, because we literally coached against Conan Jennings in high school for three years. Three years. Three or four, four years or something. Yeah, three or four years. You know, and my son goes to to the, to the same high school where Conan, you know, went to. Right. And uh, every time Ben hated watching Conan wrestle in high school because he would, he would always beat our guys. He would always not, would like, he would always beat our guys. He'd always be losing a match and then people would get on top and he just had the best fat man he role. He would fat ever. man roll everybody. Oh man. The fat man role was just a, a work it was just it was a, a work of art. Of beauty. It was a work of art. So you know you're right because I'm right. Cassar still gotta get past Jennings. Yeah. And there's Mason Paris in there, but yeah, no, I mean it's gonna happen. And 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 um you know outside Kassar's lost to White, he's just looked Outstanding, interesting that White could shut him down. I mean, I think that I, we obviously think you know, no Gable's better than that. But you know, that's that's really all I got to say about that. Uh, well, listen, guys, Penn State peeps, we love that you listen to us. We really do. We love you. I know you love listening to us. Eat crow, eat shit, self-defecate, self-deprecate. You got us. Truth be, I mean, truth be told, I, I appreciate every. Penn State but you know what? I think they're starting to just feel sorry for us. Yeah. Like in years past, they came at us hard on social media. Hard. And I think the only thing we got, the only thing we got this week, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. Is uh after we uh after we posted uh the um the WCWA recap podcast that I did with uh with Earl, somebody said, when's your, uh, our boy Fish, Yeah, all right? And, and this guy's a good dude. I think he's spoken, you know, he's said some good things about us over there on the Penn State message boards. Yeah, we really, I like we really appreciate that. Yeah. But he said, when's the uh, Penn State-Ohio State recap coming? That's all he said. <laughs> he's just sitting there waiting yeah. for it, baby. But I, I know, I know the tone in that voice, Fish. I know it. Hey, Fish, we ain't stupid. Yeah, we ain't stupid. We ain't stupid. So baby. here you go, my man. Here's the recap. Penn State 28, Ohio State 9. They came into Columbus, and they gave Ohio State a beatdown. Basically, they gave Ohio State a beatdown, and as Vincenzo said, Ohio State gave them a good drill session. Oh, ruthless. Absolutely ruthless. But, I mean, what else are you going to say about it? That's that's ultimately what happened. So can we just move on from this now? Because, honestly, like my morning started, shitty. My night is becoming shitty as well. Why is that? Because we just talked about Penn State, Ohio State. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought it was because because you were with me. Good. Um, I'm glad that's not the case. <laughs> you know, there was actually some pretty awesome other results. In fact, I think this was a crazy freaking week. It was, that- it was a crazy week. How about Dan Mother Fudging Lewis? Dan Lewis. Oh, you ain't even going. You ain't even going hard. Hard CK. I mean, man. I want to, but it's like I, I, I guess I, I use them all up. Well, I use them all up. All right, Dan. I'm gonna just put you on your back and stick you. Zahid Lewis. That's crazy. 
Was that a standing suicide cradle? Dude, he locked it up. and he, I mean, I don't know exactly how he hits the technique, right? I mean, Dan Lewis got cradles for days. Um, you know, I would consider it a standing suicide cradle, yes. That is I don't know ballsy. What he it. You know what it reminded me of a little bit? He straight Bubba Jenkins. Except for, yeah, Zahid it was, was cross-face. It was cross-face. It was cross face. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Side. But I just wanted to throw that out there but because, you know, I, I, think what because I know our Penn State listeners are still listening. Do you guys remember that time that Bubba Jenkins got kicked uh, out of the Penn Bubba. State team? And he went to Arizona State. And then he, and then he shot up the ankle bands. And then he, uh, you know, oh. suicide cradled your boy, DT. Man. We're not salty at all. Guys. Oh, no, but we're talking about Arizona State, right? Because that's what Zahid <laughs> wrestles for. We are not salty <laughs> at all about that loss. Um no, that that was sick, dude. And I mean, it was just it was lights out as soon as he got him on his back. And Zahid is so freaking long. How freaking good do you got to be at fucking cradles to be able to cradle Zahid Valencia and pin him? I like the people on social media that saw the uh, the video clip um, that Brian Smith tweeted out, coach of uh, Missouri. Yeah. And people are commenting on like, "Wow, you know, was that touch fall? That was awfully fast." No, my man. Just because it took the ref a couple of seconds to get his big old butt down on the mat doesn't mean it was a touch fall. The boys, Zahid's back was flat on the mat. Let me, okay? you, let me tell you one thing, guys. Dan Lewis, and I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Brandon, is a three-time All-American. This ain't no slouch, boys. And, and, and he's built his um, wrestling resume on a cradle. Zahid Valencia ain't getting off his back. The only thing saving him there is the bell. So don't bitch at me about saying that it was called too quick. Because when Dan Lewis gets a cradle locked up on you, it's over. It's over. And that's what he did. And that was awesome. And that's the first time that Zahid Valencia lost to anybody but Mark Hall in the NCAA tournament. Or, excuse me, in NCAAs. Lost to him, what, his freshman year? Headgear pull? Headgear pull. And lost to him in the duel here. Yep. First time he's been pinned. So, you know, which, I mean, isn't quite a surprise. So, what I think is so cool about this, and I'm not sure if we mentioned this on the podcast already in a previous episode, but... You know, Ben and I, you know, we ran into Camden Epper and uh, Aaron Acid in Cleveland at the Ironman tournament. Uh, Aaron Acid used to wrestle for Missouri, Ohio guy from Brexville. Uh, and he said that the the great thing about Dan Lewis, which is so funny, is Dan Lewis knows nothing about anybody in, in, in wrestling. He just wrestles because he's good at it. And it, it was so right. funny because back like when Dan Lewis was a freshman, you know, he was like, oh, man. Dude, you're getting ready to go wrestle Bo Jordan. And Dan Lewis would be Bo like, Jordan, yeah. yeah. Number one ranked recruit yeah. in the country. Who's that? Is he what is he supposed to be good or something? I don't I've never heard of him. Like legitimately, not trolling. Like, I, I don't know this guy. Like, he doesn't follow wrestling. He's not a fan of wrestling. He just does it because he's good at it. And and, and good at it his he is. Do you think he'd heard of Zahid before? I, I think he heard of him. Do you think he cared? I, I, I think that he said that if I get on top and I can get this cradle locked up, it's about to be lights out. All right, it's about so to be banana hands. Serious question. Okay. Let's this is a serious question. Um, we've talked about Zahid Valencia ad nauseum on this podcast for the last couple of years about how great he is. Um, I even said, and, and I was completely wrong, that after last year, I didn't think Zahid was going to lose another college match. Well, he looked pretty damn good in the NCAA Finals last year. Could be the cut. Has the mystique of Zahid faded out? I hate, you know, everybody's saying that Zahid ain't cutting any weight to make 174, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. That dude's dude is cut freaking weight. like six foot eight. I mean, I, I don't buy it either. I absolutely don't buy it. I mean, could be the cut. Nah, I mean, right. look, I mean, you say it could be the cut. No, he didn't lose because of the cut, my man. Because he dominates everybody else. He dominates all the time. Yeah, I don't know what. Then I don't know. You're right. You, you, you're right. I don't know. I don't know what else to say except for the fact that. Well, here's the thing. 
Dan Lewis is a three-time freaking All-American who railroad Derringer for six or for uh, four minutes once. Remember that in the duel when Dan Lewis was like a freshman and he rode Derringer for four minutes? Did he ride him out for the loss? Yeah, he rode him out for the loss. <laughs> lost like four to two. I'm telling you, Dan Lewis is super legit, bro. And you know, would I pick Z- the same things when we when when Zahid lost to Mark Hall? Would I pick Zahid next time they wrestled? Yeah, but Dan Lewis got that home run. I I don't know, man. It's like, and I hate to say this because I guess this is, hey, happy birthday, Penn State. I guess we're just going all in today. Um, oh dear, don't you fucking say it. I, I I don't know, man. With the confidence and modesty that Mark Hall's been riding, and, and what's going on with Zahid? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I might be inclined to pick Mark Hall in that rematch. Oh my god, Mark Hall's so modest. He needs modesty pads. I don't even know what that means. I think those are things that women wear to cover up like their hard nipples. Can I say that on this podcast? Dude. There's a certain thing called modesty pads. Okay, can you put one on your mouth to cover up your mouth? I was trying to make fun of Mark Hall. Instead, I think it backfired. Jesus Christ. Can we those are called band-aids. Can we delete this part of the podcast? No, you already said it. All right, We're let's... rolling with it. <laughs> Roll that beautiful bean. We'll let everybody realize who I really am. But no, I mean, <laughs> I wear my wife's from now and from time to time when I've got to run so my man boobs don't get chafed. He wears his wife's sports bra too, trust me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> got him. No, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, if I, look, I changed my mind like I changed my freaking clothes. If I had to choose right now, I'm choosing Mark Hall to win the title, and it's going to be different next week. I don't know if it's going to be different next week because he freaking rides me, that stupid ass ankle ride and just sags it whenever anybody stands up. So, it's stalling. So it's stalling. I've talked to some people about that lately. And in fact, we actually had a great conversation about that this weekend. I think we may end up there, five second count. We may end up seeing some rule changes in the future about yeah. that because it, it is kind of like hanging on the you're hanging on the leg. With your leg rather than your hands. I mean, it is the same thing, ultimately. Oh, and and it, it's total it, it, stalling. It's infuriating. You know, I don't care the way he brings guys down once they get to their feet. You can sag them back down like that. That's I know, but fine. it looks stupid. Well, it works. I know. It, it works. Really good. But all kidding aside on, on busting Mark Hall's chops like he even gives a shit anyway. Um, He's our freaking t-shirt. But you know what? Yeah, I mean, dude. The you, joke is on us. Yeah, the joke is on us. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the joke's on us. We cursed us the moment we used Mark <laughs> Hall as the podcast. <laughs> we we wear t-shirts with him on it. I know, and I hate him. He's a wrestler I hate the most in college wrestling, and I've got to wear his t-shirt. But just like, uh, just like Vincenzo, he knows how to win. He knows how to win. God, he's looked good this year. He really has. You know, you know, there's been there was some really cool other. Um, hey, can we talk about Doyle Trout? That's what I want to talk about. There was some really, really. Do you want to give a little bit of background about All Doyle? Right. So, guys, uh, for those that don't know, that maybe aren't the diehard fans that that really follow like the deep stuff in college wrestling, um, there is a wrestler for Wyoming um, by the name of Doyle Trout, and Doyle Trout was a really good high school wrestler that. Uh, signed with Wyoming, got this scholarship. He was, you know, ready to go out and just, you know, begin his collegiate career and probably do great things. Unfortunately, he was in a very serious car accident um, before, right before he got to, to Wyoming. He ended up losing his left leg. All right, had to be amputated, and um, I mean, the great guy, 
that Mark Branch is, the head coach of Wyoming. He went ahead, he honored his scholarship to Trout, and he's been competing for the Cowboys uh, since the 2016-2017 season. Um, He's been wrestling, even though he had his leg amputated. Correct. I think this was the second duel that he's wrestled in. I think it was the second duel. Right, but he's been on the team. You know what I mean? He's been on the team, practicing with them, and this was the second duel that he wrestled in for for Wyoming this past weekend, and he he was one of uh, eight Wyoming wrestlers that earned wins over Utah Valley when Wyoming beat Utah Valley 27 to 6 this weekend. I think that is such a remarkable story and Ben, I don't know man, Mark Branch is one of the good guys in the sport. Absolutely. I mean I mean the fact that he said I'm going to honor your scholarship, you know, when what, what, and you know what and, and shout out to Doyle Trout. I mean, Mark Branch shout out to him for sure. But Doyle Trout says, "Look, I still want to wrestle." Boys, you know, I, I I can still do this. And you know, it wasn't like, which, which is a difference, you know, what, he wasn't born without a leg to where he's been able to kind of hone that craft and ability to learn how to wrestle without a leg his entire life. He's had to do that, you know, amazing wrestler in high school, had to learn to do that just recently, you know, over the last few years. And to go out and to beat another Division One opponent, that is just amazing. That is just a heartwarming story about how awesome our sport is to be able to compete on the Division One level with other Division One wrestlers and to be victorious without a lower, you know, appendage. And you're exactly right. For Branch to honor his scholarship like that, I mean, just, uh, you know, nothing but hats off and congratulations to them. And I couldn't be more impressed and proud of, of Wyoming as a program to do that. They really are. And you think about think about what could have been, all right? Doyle Trout could have had this accident, lost a leg. A coach could have said, I'm not going to honor your scholarship. We may have never seen Doyle Trout on a college campus, on a college wrestling team. He would just be, you know, just going through life, getting a college degree someplace or whatever may have happened. But instead, because of the decisions that were made to say, despite the unfortunate situation that happened, you despite all that, yeah, you know what, we're we're honoring that scholarship. You're going to be a part of this team. You're going to wrestle some matches, and you're going to win some matches. And now I, I just think that it, in spite of that tragic accident that happened to him that could have uh, – would, would have altered a lot of people's lives seriously. You know, look at him. Look at what he's going to do. Yourself. Look at what he's getting to do, okay? He's getting to live uh, – uh, uh, I mean, he's, he's having a great college experience. He's doing – wrestling the sport that he lo- – or participating in the sport that he loves. Right. I think it's amazing. I, yeah, I mean, he, 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 I don't know the guy from anyone else, but it appears that, and I shouldn't say this This is ignorant to say, but like, it hasn't affected him, but it appears that it hasn't let him affect his, it, it hasn't affected his choices in life of what he wants to do. And that's pretty damn cool. And I also think it's symbolic of the type of people that wrestlers are in general. I mean, not too many people can have an accident like that, lose those types of limbs, something like that, and still go out. I mean, he's, look, He's competing on a D1 college wrestling program against D1 competition. Right. Love it. Love it. You know what other great story happened this weekend? You talking about Meech and Sebastian Rivera wrestling? I am. That is awesome. That is, uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. It, it's, um, well, first shout out to Seth Gross and um, uh, Bryce Meredith last year. Well, shout out to Seth Gross, really. Bryce Meredith, all he had to do was weigh in in this regular weight class. But, you know, they kind of got that tradition going. I'd love to see a match or two a year like this, the kind of head-to-heads. Um, real cool. <laughs> Steven Meechick's pretty damn good well, Look I don't think anybody was going to tell you before this match That Steven Meechick was not the better wrestler Look I think he is Sebastian Rivera is just making jumps right now right. Okay, He's making jumps Steven Meechick was 
a, a highly, highly regarded recruit who competes internationally, who wrestled in the NCAA finals last year. Hey, where he used destroying to wrestle? Destroying people. And he used to wrestle for Northwestern. Interesting point, huh? It is an interesting point because they could have been drill partners. They could have been. But Sebastian Rare also could have ended up at Duke as we were, as we were as told. We, as we yeah. talked about yeah. that recently. But anyway, um, Sebastian Rare, I mean, weighing in at 125 and then bumping up to wrestle Michich. Cojones, baby. Nothing to lose. You nothing know what? to lose. I know, I, I know what he said. He said, Coach, listen, I thought I was going to get a good match in against Spencer Lee. I didn't get that in again. I got to get a match in. I mean, Drew Matt ain't, ain't no slouch, but I, you know, no. What I'm saying is, he could have went out there and said, "I got a, I got a guy who's ranked, you know, I'm gonna do it." But instead, he said, "I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna bump up and I'm gonna wrestle the number one ranked guy in the country at a weight class above me, win at a weight class below me." Now, it didn't work out from a win and loss perspective, but you know what? It else? doesn't hurt him. No, it doesn't hurt him at all, and maybe he learned something. I'm sure he learned something. Look, you always learn more in defeat than you do in victory. That's, I mean, that's it. You're gonna learn more from that. You're going to be motivated more by it. You're going to learn more from it. And at the end of the day, Sebastian Rivera, and I think this is the best part about it when I think about this, when everybody's talking about all these fools ducking everyone else, Sebastian Rivera comes Duck out of this City. looking like a fucking king because he bumped up. Now, didn't duck. He actually bumped up, took on the number one guy in the country like Seth Gross did last year. It was awesome. It was awesome. That was awesome because Lee ducked Sebastian Rivera. I mean, he didn't wrestle him. I mean, he didn't wrestle him. I mean, well, we go. We, hey, we got a, we got a, we got a nasty gram from one of our girls, uh, who's a one of our most diehard Hawkeye fans. She's a diehard Anytime Hawkeye fan. Anytime we say something bad about Iowa, you could. I know. I'm always gonna wake up the next morning to a 19 page Twitter DM about. <laughs> We that's why we love her. She's we, been, yeah, she's been a long time listener. Mad respect for her. We won't we won't we won't dog on her and, and by name and she yeah, she's big long time. She big long time listener. And honestly one of our one of our uh, first listeners, to be honest with you. And she's extremely intelligent when it comes to wrestling. Uh, knows more about wrestling than I do and comes from a great wrestling family. And I'm not joking when I say knows more about wrestling than I do. She does. She should actually be on this podcast. All right, so I think the last thing, uh look, we're already at an hour and thirteen minutes. Let's just wrap this up with a quick discussion. Um Oklahoma State's doing a lot of things with their lineup right now. Um, yeah, I don't know what you know, they're doing. Obviously, though. you know, the, the Boo Lawallen came back from injury. They wanted to throw him in the lineup even after Caden um, Gefeller was having an amazing season, ranked in the top five, Southern Scuffle title, Reno title, doing well, ha- has a lot of ranked wins. But Boo was their man. They're returning All-American from last year. They threw him back in the lineup. Ultimately, his shoulder didn't hold up. He's done for the year. Now, they bring back Preston Weigel, all right? They bring back Preston Weigel against Air Force. We thought that maybe be done for the year applying for a six-year medical. Correct. And now they're talking about, look, Dakota's going back down to 84. Jacoby's going back down to 74. And there's going to be a battle at 65. Regardless of where the battle occurs. Or 74. Yeah, I would say regardless of where the battle occurs – Somebody's going to sit out. It's either going to be Joe Smith. It's either going to be Chandler Rogers. It's either going to be Jacoby Smith. Possibly Dakota Gear. Okay? It almost sounds like it's Dakota Gear dictating. You know, isn't that weird? The only non-All-American of all of them? It is weird, especially based on some of the things that I've been told about the perception of him by the Oklahoma State staff. Well, I'd like so, to hear maybe some things. I mean, you don't got to say who told it. We'll talk it, about that later. But 
I, I don't understand this, and here's why. So here's my thing real quick. Go ahead. Lay it on me. We've talked about this ad nauseum all year. We've talked about Oklahoma State's lineup. If, if you listen to this podcast throughout the year, we've said how odd it is to have a team as ranked this high with eight return All-Americans that still doesn't have a solidified lineup. So it's not like we're the first time. It's not like it's the first time we're talking about this, okay? But things keep on changing, which is just the fluidity with which a lineup this good is having this late in the season is almost unprecedented. I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I just don't get it. And here's why. I mean, if you're going to put Preston Weigel back in the lineup, you better be at 100% positive, absolutely sure, that this man is going to hold up the rest of the season. Because right now, he has a serious history of getting hurt. You remember him last year against, he tech-falled Kyle Connell during the season. Yes. And then he just could not even walk. After that match at NCAA's, remember? Yeah, he you, went owing to it in NCAA's. Yeah, I, I, I'm sitting there next. I'm sitting there next to Casual Dave, and I'm like trying to throw the white towel in for this dude. I'm like, get him. It was. I'm like, get him off the mat, dude. He cannot. He had. I think it was a knee. I can't remember what it was, and but I mean, it was like, dude, get this dude off the mat. And it, and it seems like with Weigel, it's not. It's not a Bula Wallen where it's like you've got this bad shoulder and it keeps repeatedly getting hurt. With Weigel, it's he just has a. He's a got, tendency to get injured. He's got soggy bone syndrome. Soggy bone syndrome. That's a that's a shout out from a, the movie Pop Star. You ever seen it? No. All right. Anyways, no. did you say Pop Star the movie? Yeah, with the it's like a Taylor Andy Swift Sandberg. Oh, it's no. hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And his turtle had soggy bone syndrome. But anyways, I just don't. Okay, so listen. Jacoby, Ge- Jacoby Smith was wrestling great at 184. Great. Great lately. He, he just, just knocked off Foster, uh, Dakota, uh, Drew Foster. Cobre and Bonacorsi, who just beat freaking... Uh, Nick Renan. Nick Renan. Yeah. So now you're talking about Dakota Gears going down to 84 and Jacoby's going down to 74? That, to me, seems that the gear, the and, gear is dictating, right? And Joe Smith has been wrestling well at 74. Minus, How- he did have a bad weekend against Taylor Lujan, um, or Taylor Lujan, and... Um, Jordan Cutler, he took back-to-back losses, losses of those guys in consecutive... Uh, Both dudes that could be on the podium. Could be. But what I'm saying is, doesn't it seem like this drop... If Why would Jacoby drop if he's like, dude, I'm having success at 84, gear ain't gonna take my spot. Yeah. It almost seems weird, like gear's, gear's dictating. I would basically be like, look, dude, I'm gonna battle you off for this spot, and um, the loser between... JoJo and Chandler for 65, whoever wants it, can go up to 74. Yeah, you guys make the decision. I'm, yeah, I don't get it. I've never got it. I know gear's good, but I guess there's something going on. Let me on. ask you this. What? Because I think, I don't know if weight, I guess you got to look at weight certs, but what if Chandler can go 57? It'd be a hell of a pull. He can't go 57. I know. He's You're, not, right. I, You're right. You're right. You're right. I think what Flo said is that he wasn't even certified there. Okay. Um, well, if Flo says it, it's got to be true. <laughs> hey. But but one thing that, that that is on the the interweb is the fact that none of these dudes can make their weight class until Big Twelve. Yep, exactly. That is okay. a nightmare scenario. It is because that leaves you no room for error, no margin. Why are you for doing error. this? Because Weigel, so Weigel can beat it's Weigel. Gear. It is yeah, Weigel. Weigel. Okay, Weigel can beat Gear. Let's let's follow me down now. Weigel can beat Gear. You think so right now? Yeah, well, if he's healthy, he gets a spot. I mean, I don't think John Smith would do that. So Weigel can beat Gear. Gear apparently can beat Jacoby, and Jacoby feels like he can beat Smith, or Smith is going down to 65 and feels like he can beat Chandler. 
I don't know. It's a freaking puzzle. It's a Rubik's Cube. I don't know. I know this. This is what I do know is I know. Tell me because I need to know something. Well, I mean, I know that Dakota Gear was having a great season in 184 before going up to 97. He was absolutely Once he went up to 97, um, he wasn't doing as well. So Dakota Gear is not, his optimal weight is not 197. I know Jacoby Smith was having a, a pretty good season at 174. Oh, then he goes to 184. He's having a pretty good season there as well. he can't beat Joe Smith, right? Okay. So maybe he can't beat Joe Smith. All right. So then it becomes, who's better, Joe Smith, I'm sorry, Jacoby Smith or Dakota Gear? Why would Gear drop down? Well, I get, okay, so maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's Weigel's, Weigel's dictating instead of Gear. Well, I, maybe Weigel's dictating, he gets on top, runs them tilts, and Gear's like, I can't stop him. I got to go down to 84. But then... But then why would Jacoby just make the decision to go down to 74? That's what I'm saying. Jacoby should be like, All right, I don't think Weigel's dictate. The only thing Weigel dictates is whether or not gear stays at 97 or goes to 84. That's the only thing he dictates. If I'm Jacoby Smith, where do you want to be? Can you beat Joe Smith or Chandler Rogers at 74? Because if, if the plan is to put Joe Smith down at, at 65, if I'm Jacoby Smith, it's, okay, can I beat Chandler for 74? Do I want to be 74? Right, 74 my or, best weight. Or can I beat Dakota Gear at 184? And right now, Jacoby's shown that he can battle the both weights. I think Jacoby Smith is very underrated. I agree. So do you think maybe John Smith, obviously John Smith's the puppet master here. I think John Smith strings. is the puppet master. And, and look, his boy ain't going to be the one that's going to sit out. I mean, I know you've said in the past on the podcast that John Smith ain't going to play like that, but somebody's sitting out, and I don't think it's going to be uh, JoJo. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be JoJo either. He's looked pretty good. I know he's taking back-to-back losses, but he's looked pretty good. All right, so give it to me. 65 to 97, give me your opinion of Okie State's optimal lineup. Yeah, their optimal lineup is Chandler Rogers at 65. I think he's, well, I don't know. Is, no, I, no, 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 just. Optimal, just. Joe Smith at 65. Chandler at 74. Jacoby at 84. And Weigel at 97. And Gears the odd man out. What about you? I mean, I don't know. What about you? So. And we're I, talking about a team that's supposed to finish in the top five. I mean, we're talking about a team that honestly could push Ohio State, Michigan for second place. Iowa, yeah. And Iowa for second place. I mean, when you're returning eight All-Americans with – you're looking Fix, at a pitch. high pitching uh, – Pigeonini could should place high this year. Fix should place high. Derek White should place high. Brock's a wild card. Eight All-Americans, and Derek White didn't All-American last year, did he? He did not. No. So eight All-Americans with a guy like Derek White as well. And Weigel didn't All-American either last year. So you're basically returning eight All-Americans plus two other guys that should have been on the podium. I, I think that we might be counting Weigel as one of those All-Americans. I can't – I'd have to do the math. But, okay. but yeah, I get your point. Well, I guess Piccinini didn't All-American last year either. Yeah, so let's call it nine. Let's okay. call it nine all, – or eight All-Americans plus White. Plus White. All right, we'll, we'll do that. Um, in my opinion, I say roll with Chandler Rogers at 65, Joe Smith at 74, Jacoby at 84. And you let Dakota Gear and, and Weigel battle it out at 97. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great I, – I, yeah. So that's I think, what I think. I think both of us think that probably – well, I think the gear's probably the odd man out then. But who knows? That's risky throwing out a dude that's been injured all year. And this is why – look, I think Joe Smith has been wrestling really well at 74 minus this bad weekend. Look, he's been wrestling well at 74. He's a podium so contender. Come on now. why cut him down to 65 when his first action will be at conference? I don't like it. I think it's risky. I think it is very risky, especially a sixty-five. Especially weight because class. then he won't he won't get a spot qualified because he, remember you have to have 
Certainly. Now, when you're talking about Joe Smith, I think when you talk 65 and 74, I think 74 is probably the most optimal weight class to All-American at, but where's the most optimal weight class to win a title at? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that with the amount of talent in both of those weight classes, I think it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up, yep. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a toss-up. John I, Smith loves his dudes cutting weight. We know that. <laughs> oh, it's fixed. Fix, fix is a fixture at thirty-three, right? Yeah, he ain't going twenty-five, is he? No, there's no reason to. You're the number two ranked guy in the country All at thirty-three, right, I'm just making sure. And Piccinini's performing like he is at twenty-five. No, there's you don't do that at yeah, this point. That wouldn't make any sense. Now imagine this. Oh, I'd love to see it. Imagine blood round or the semis. Chandler Rogers, Joe Smith. Wrestling against each other? Against each other. Blood round or the semis. Well, how can they wrestle against each other? If Joe, I'm sorry, not Chandler Rogers, Chance Marsteller. Oh, Chance yeah. Marsteller or Joe Smith. Blood round. I was like, Chandler Rogers. I'm sorry. Just, I'm, <laughs> sorry. Are we up? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been up a long time today. No, I can't. And you can't tell from my voice. I'm, come on, I'm playing injured today. <laughs> No, yeah. Stop busting my balls. You, <laughs> Hey, get off me. You can't pronounce anybody's name right. I can't. I can't. I'm terrible at it. I mean, Chance Marstars. I favor him in both those matches. He already beat Chandler. All right, man. We got anything else we want to throw down today? <laughs> man, Penn State sucks. Yeah, I mean. They suck so good that they're, they beat us every time. Yeah, they don't I say suck. us, but, you know, I mean Ohio State. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we got for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. Episode number 80 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is in the books. Don't forget, go out, get your 2019 NCAA Division I Championship Fan Guide at wrestlingpreviewguide.com forward slash inside trip. And that's all we got for you. As always, don't wind up on your back, bros. <laughs>